I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to figure out the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. This is episode 182. Well, I think so. We'll go with that. 182. If you'd like to get caught up on any of our other 180 question mark episodes, you can do that primarily at soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. That's where the show lives. Or, or if you don't want to give us a follow on there, we get it. We understand. We, we know you're scared of commitment. You have post-holiday malaise. Or your um, your New Year's resolution is to not get attached. <laughs> Don't get attached or to automate your life. You just want things brought to you. We understand. That's why anywhere you get your audio content, you can find the Geek Down Podcast brought to you each and every week by your mans. Chancey. Frostelicus. The third. Geek Down Internet Elf. Coming to slide those episodes into your ear hole each and every week. Nicely. Thank you, Chauncey. Thank you, Chauncey. If you have questions about Chauncey or his rainbow-made alicorn named Philip that he rides to deliver those episodes to you. And just also hangs hangs around, pals around with, you know, <laughs> on the town. You do not want to catch Chauncey and Philip out in these streets. Why? Because they will just take you on an adventure you were not prepared for. That sounds like my dream. It'll be, it'll be, like, a, it'll be like the movie The Hangover, but glittery. Oh, can we go to Michael's? <laughs> that's your idea of an adventure you were not prepared for that, going to michael's that and someone giving me like a couple hundred dollars to spend at michael's that's my dream if you want to help caitlin achieve her dreams there's a couple ways you can do that financially patreon.com slash geekdownpod for a monthly donation you get bonuses patrons you would have gotten a bonus you would have. this week we recorded a hot take for you and then logic exploded and ate the file I was working on for like the first time ever, like th- yeah. four years of doing this podcast. I've never lost a file. It's been pretty like even that time we thought we lost the file. I got it back, y'all. Yeah. But no, no amount of digital forensics could get could get that version of hot takes back. But it was for a reason because Caitlin's hot take, I think, is more relevant for the general populace this week. I'm just going to throw mine out there and let it sit with y'all. Food culture is bullshit. That was mine. That that was that was just all of a sudden. Maybe we'll get back to that at a later date. You want to hear that? Patreon.com slash geekdownpod or ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Buy us a coffee or buy Caitlin glittery things at Michael's. Yeah, but it, in the form of a, of a coffee. <laughs> if you want to know what Caitlin bought at Michael's, you can uh, get at us on any of our socials at geekdownpod, primarily Twitter. That's where we Also Facebook sometimes. Sometimes. Facebook or Gmail. If you want to write us a missive. Downpod at gmail.com. Is that the preamble? I believe it is. I think that's everything. Kate. Yes. Welcome back. This is our first actual proper episode yeah. of 2020. It is. Look at us. Look at us carrying on like nothing's, like the world's not about to end at any given moment. It's always about to get uh, to end at any given moment. <laughs> do, pe- do people not remember the 70s and 80s? Yeah, if you didn't live through the Cold War, you really... Uh, like, that was... they, Or even, you know, the 50s, 60s, where they were like, duck and cover, kids. Get under your desks. That will save you. Welcome to our adolescence, y'all. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, I keep mean, making TikToks. It'll be fine. But this is the thing. People are always like, ah, oh, everything's going to end. Everything's always going Everything to end. Everything is always ending. Kira, stay safe. I hope you still have a continent in, yes. <laughs> in a month. Kira, who is our super fan? Super fan. The superest the fan. The superest uh, is, resides in, in Australia. And Australia is on fire. Hopefully Kira's in a part of Australia that is not on fire. Yep. Um, poor kangaroos. Poor every, Little towels. everything. Little koalas drinking out of water bottles. Animals, people, everything. <sighs> Trees. <laughs> Trees. I have not really been up to much. Really? No. Just working? Just working and uh, hanging out in this apartment. That sounds fun. I'd <laughs> love to stay home. I stay home and entertain. Do you now? Mm-hmm. Do you entertain friends? Yes. You're terrible at this. <laughs> it's new clothes season, y'all. Wow. Um, I sometimes stay at home and sometimes brave the outdoors to go to work. But you haven't done anything anything fun? I mean, staying at home is my fun. That is true. And as much as I love my friends and family, <laughs> if they could stop come to, asking me to do shit, if they could come to me and we could all be home together, that would be my dream. Caitlin's like, I'm 33. Like, well, you should know this by now. Yeah. You should know who I am as a person. Yeah. I keep on, I I haven't reached my, my final form yet. Um, as soon as I get, I still haven't gotten the dongles for, Come my, on. for my glasses. Hey, after this pod, I am going to Dollarama. <laughs> I'm getting some dongles. I'm attaching my grandma's like glasses string and I'm going to put on my, my, uh, mustard cardigan, God. put my hair up in a bun mm-hmm. and I will, I will, I will take a picture. Yes, please. For, yes. for the Twitters. I will take a picture and just be like, of, bam, I'm going to shush all of you. Of, of final form, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. It's, I'm almost there. Almost. Well, there was some news out in the world. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, the only thing I really saw was this uh, story about Hideaki Anno, director and writer, creator of Evangelion, writing a editorial in... Uh, for a site called Diamond Online. Um, so I did not know this, but apparently the director of Gynax, Gynax was the original studio behind Evangelion, yep. now has nothing to do with it, but like everything involving Gynax, it is a mess of rights and clearances and money right. and loans yeah. and repayments mm-hmm. and things like that. So before, God, like 2010, I guess, like when these rebuild movies started, like yeah. Ano got some of the rights back and formed this new studio called Kara. And Kara is the studio that's been putting out the rebuild movies, but Gynax still has a piece right. somehow. Yeah. Um, apparently, the director of Gynax, which is a company that Anno has nothing to do with anymore, mm-hmm. just a historical affiliation, um, the director of the company, Maki Tomohiro, was arrested for inappropriate conduct with a teenage voice actress. Great. Because everyone is. Great. Um, the problem is that. You know, when the articles get written about this news event, yeah, it's always like the director of Gynax, the people behind Evangelion, and Hideaki Anno is like, Mm-mm. No. no. No, God, please, no. no. I do not want to touch that. Not not the people behind Evangelion. No. So he wrote this uh, 
big long editorial just outlining everything that happened with the creation of Evangelion, um, the royalties at play, mm-hmm. the shady shit that Gainax was doing where they would like farm the ownership of the royalties out to subsidiaries and just try and like split it up to like different companies. Like they just create a shell company called like Gainax West or something. And oh my God. now they own Ava <laughs> and it's just really fucked. And I'm not going to, I mean, I can throw, I can throw a link up on the Twitter. This is article comes from, uh, OdaQuest was published on December 30th by Alicia Haddock. And yeah, it's, it's a mess. Just Gainax or the whole thing? Gainax in particular, but just, it just, it really sucks that, you know, Ava is still kind of embroiled in this and like the guy who created it. Yeah. You know, it is his creation for mm-hmm. how, no matter how some of us feel yes. about the property. <laughs> it's his. He should be able to like free it from a company that's done nothing with it for the past. Like, I guess that's anything else, right? That's comics. Oh, that's, I was about to say that's, that's like so many things. That's That's the thing, but... Um, especially when like Kara was like, there's pieces in here where like Kara was basically bailing Gainax out and like giving them money right? out of just like, you know, fealty to, you know, old school friends yeah. type of thing. Anno felt he had to. He's now, buying them a coffee. He was buying them a coffee and now they're being charged with giving creepy foot massages to teenage voice actresses. Oh no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. Bad scene that. Uh, did you have any actual news? Nope. Nothing. Well, you know what? News doesn't really matter because we really had like three weeks off, Basic- if not more. Basically, the news is the world is on fire, as we spoke about. <laughs> Everything's going to end, as we spoke about. You might as well enjoy some content. Boy, did we. Oh, we did. I think this might be the rare occasion where Caitlin McKinnon enjoyed more content than I did. Yeah, I-, I did enjoy some content, but Caitlin McKinnon I just watched has a very long list. So much. Um. So I'm going to save her. We'll save hers till the end. We'll, we'll rapid fire off some of hers. I'm trying to think of what content I did enjoy. I, I downloaded a bunch of stuff that I thought I was going to watch on the holidays, but yeah. my holiday trip home was really so fast. It was only like four four days, right. all told. Um, I didn't really have time to watch it. I I really thought I was going to finally watch the uh, the Love Live Muse movie, but and? never did. Still sitting yeah. downloaded off Amazon Prime. Got like four episodes of The Crown sitting on my iPad that I hadn't watched yet. What are you doing? I was reading. Oh. I was reading, y'all. Wow. The Topeka School by Ben Lerner. How's that? A novel. Novel? Yes. What are you doing? I know. Ugh. It's about white people. Oh, no. <laughs> and there's no magic involved? Uh, not as of yet. <sighs> but it actually kind of has something to say about... White people? White men and their fucked up in this. Like, that's the angle it's coming at? Right. <laughs> white men are fucked. Here's a book by a white man about how white men are fucked. Um, Might be an interesting kind, read. Kind of the story that needs to be told. Yeah. Um, the plot, such as it were, is basically it's about this kid and his parents who all worked or were involved with this um, kind of like psychological foundation okay. in Topeka. Okay. Like they both, both his parents were like clinical psychologists and they mm-hmm. moved from like Brooklyn to Topeka for the opportunity to work at this foundation. And basically in the, the last summer he's in high school. Or his last year of high school, they kind of, um, like, there's a weird kid around. His name is Darren. And something has happened with Darren oh. based on the popular kids kind of bringing him into the fold. Right. As a mascot, but he doesn't realize he's a mascot. Like, oh. 
nobody thinks he's cool. They're just like inviting him to do shit, right. basically to laugh at him. Right. And the shit's all going to like implode at some point. Of course, as it does. Um, but it's told in like the present day from his parents. Like the format is so Adam is the is the protagonist, such as it were. His portions are told in like flashback in the 90s and then any bits with his parents are told like as though he's interviewing them for a novel he's writing oh okay um and the stuff with his mom is actually the most interesting because his mom ends up kind of becoming this like pop psychologist she like writes a book about you know relationships Mm -hmm. and there's all this talk about like the men right who are now like crank calling the house and it's like you know somebody should shut you up you fucking cunt like that that type of stuff fun because stuff that happens all the time because their wives wrote this because their wives read this book that she wrote or she was on oprah or something right. and and not only that but like you know because she's gone pop as it were right you know the prof- professional the professional jealousy yeah among people she once considered close friends yeah type of thing people are terrible um and this guy, Ben Lerner, he's a, he was a poet first and foremost. So, mm-hmm. I mean, his writing can get a little florid at times. That, that can be nice. But it's definitely, it's a, <laughs> terrible, it's a novel of the moment. Like, uh. you, you'll read a scene. So, the Adam character is uh, very skilled and spend, they spend a lot of time talking about his uh, career as a high school debater. Okay. And. This is, this book is so white. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's definitely, like, he gets this, co- you know, they think he's pegged to, like, win nationals. So they bring in this coach who, previ- this guy who previously won nationals. And then, like, a chapter will end and it'll be, like, you know, picture these two. One will go and do this and one will, you know, work on an immigration policy for, <laughs> like, one one works for the Republican governor and, like, blah, blah, blah. So, like, it's aware of everything that's happening currently at this, like, the novel was aware of what's happening at this moment. Right. And mentions it, but it's set in the 90s. So, hmm. it's interesting. I don't know. I wanted something for the holidays and it popped up in, on, a, on a few lists. It's right. like, the best novel of the year. I was like, well, fuck it. I'll take that bet. New York Times. <laughs> uh, New York Times. Uh, also listen to a lot of podcasts. Podcasts. Um... The popcast from the New York Times, speaking of the New York Times, yes. which we all know I hate. Yep. <laughs> and I love to listen to and hate. And hate, yep. <laughs> because, oh, Cara Monica. Uh, <laughs> There's so many things I want to say right now. What do you want to say? Aesthetic. 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 Um, <laughs> welcome to the New York Times podcast. You're something, something with music, news, and criticism. I'm John Cara Monica. Come <laughs> off the mic. Jesus. But because it's year-end stuff, yeah. There, there was a, the last two episodes were a lot of like, it was him and like the other staff at the New York Times, and yeah. the other staff just shitting on him <laughs> the whole time, and kind of oh. be, and kind of being like, "That's the most Caramonica pick that ever Caramonica." Like, because <laughs> uh, um, he's a cloud chaser, and he like his like number one pick was this band called like A Hundred Gex, uh, which literally sounds like Vine memes that were done <laughs> in like. 2014 and he's like oh it's just doing so much it's like dude <laughs> it sounds like kids who took like the we store theme and made like you know put it through a distortion filter like that's it i'm glad you had fun though that sometimes people of that what's the word i'm looking for who are aware that they're supposed to be making these very interesting choices and picks mm. and all of that it's their brand go they go like too far off the deep end like they they have to find the most like the weirdest 
most unknown bad thing and be like, this is good. Well, and that's what made the most recent episode even better because it was the two, like, critics. Yeah. Cara Monica and this guy, um, John Perellis. Okay. Who's like the bard. He's like, and he's way cooler. <laughs> um, <laughs> he should have his own podcast. He's on a lot. He's like oh, the, okay. he's like the, um, he's like the old, he's the old timer. Right. Um, and then the report, like the pop reporter, who's not a critic, he's a reporter, a guy named Joe Coscarelli, mm-hmm. um, basically grilling the two of them about each of their best of lists for the last decade. Right. It was their end of decade show. Yeah. It was like, all right, let's talk about <laughs> John Caramonica putting some mixtape <laughs> from, from a ra- from a rapper over like a Taylor Swift album. Right. Like, do you really think that was the right choice? <laughs> and them just like litigating his choices. Perellis had some weird, had some weird choices as well, but. Um, yeah, the podcast, if you really want to know what I'm talking about with, oh, I love to hate him so much. Um, also listened to a few episodes of that, um, what the hell was it called? Slow Burn? The Slate one? Okay. I don't know if we ever talked about it on mic. I may have talked about it on mic. Maybe. I definitely told you about it, which yeah. was the one deep dive news. I did talk about it because I said I hoped it went, uh, more sort of bigger picture cultural. And did it? It did. Ooh. I'm not caught up, but this is the one. They've done a season on Watergate, a season on the Clinton impeachment, and now they're doing Biggie and Tupac. Mm-hmm. And um, the last episode I heard was about C. Dolores Tucker and the relationship of kind of like the old uh, black political establishment and mm-hmm. their relationship to hip hop and people like Tupac. Tupac who grew up son of Black Panther and like was yeah. more radical. And you know, the older establishment being like, stop calling women bitches, which I mean, <laughs> still stop calling women bitches. But it's, yeah, please stop. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really dope. I was enjoying that. Um, the only thing I did watch, weirdly enough, two things I watched. I wanted something festive. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get myself into the spirit. Okay. Really didn't have a moment until I was like wrapping presents and listening to Geraldi to get myself into the spirit. Right. Wasn't feeling very festive this year, friends. I was on Netflix and I was like, what am I gonna what am I gonna watch? I don't want to watch another one of these like Christmas movies. You know what I do want to watch? What do you want to watch? I want to watch Nailed It Christmas. Everyone's gone on about it. I've had four different people really, yeah, say that they don't watch the other nailed it, but the nailed at Christmas was great. Yeah, I know, I did not go back to the other, uh, yeah, to the other one. Uh, nailed it is a Netflix show based on was it just a Tumblr or like it, a Instagram a Tumblr, account? Yeah. yeah, um, that was like baking fails basically. Yeah, Go or ahead. like showing the beautiful Martha Stewart version of like a gingerbread house and then showing what happened when they tried to accomplish the same <laughs> task and it not going exactly the same. And the joke is they nailed it. Yeah. Um when they did not. And the show is a competition such as it were. Mm-hmm. Um hosted by her name's Nicole Byer. The only thing I knew her from before this was she played when they got to the good place and were in like the mail room, yeah. she plays the like mail worker mm-hmm. at the good place. Just the super nice. Like, yeah. <laughs> what was that? Uh, nothing. Well, I got no reason not to believe you. So, <laughs> and that's kind of her on this show as right. well. And that's the thing about the show. It's not like shameful. Yeah. Like it's not like the contestants think they're good. Yeah. And it's not laughing at them. They know they're bad. Yeah. They know they can't do this. And yeah. they know when like. Because it was all festive, right? So they know when it's like, here's what you have to make. It's a full bust cake of Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I may have to watch this. <laughs> like they know from the moment that gets revealed. Oh no, this <laughs> no, is no, not. No. This is not happening. But then they will, when it's judging time, 
they will always find so it's it's Nicole Byer, an actual like, you know, top shelf pastry chef right. named Jacques something. Yeah. And a rotating guest like My Rudolph or Ron Funches or somebody like that. Kind yeah. of LA comedy scene type people. Yeah. Um but even if it looks terrible, yeah. they'll always try to find something good about it. Like well, it looks nice. terrible, but your buttercream turned out really well. Like <laughs> They will always find those moments. Uh, um, it it kind of sounds like the Great British Bake Off Celebrity Edition. <laughs> like, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's sort of like this gangly British comedian. And there's just like a, basically a, a like meme of him being like, tried it. I broke down in the middle and this is what we've got. And it's just like crumbles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I mean, not for nothing. Definitely sent it to my mom. Yeah, who was delighted. <laughs> it sounds my like mom a lot of loved fun. it, and yeah, it's a very it was a very sweet show, mm-hmm. and so that was my festive watch. My post festive watch, something I'd been meaning to watch for a long ass time, was the uh, greatly missed by some, I believe, Comedy Central show Detroiters. Okay, I you've mentioned it briefly, but I not really. So I only knew the basic premise. It stars um, the guy who went on to do I think you should leave for Netflix. Okay. Um. And another fellow who is shows up on I Think You Should Leave, but I think it's gone on to do other things. Um, they play basically the people who do local ads in Detroit. Right. Yes. We have talked about this. And it's set in Detroit. And I was not prepared. If you grew up <laughs> in the greater Detroit area or Windsor area between, you know, 1985 yeah. and 1997. Oh, my God. <laughs> These dudes clearly did. And it's so, like, fucking note perfect. Like, down to local four anchor Mort Krim (laughs) showing up (laughs) on, like, the TV where they watch the ads type of thing. Um, You showed me one of them, which was some... some Chicken wings and foot rubs or something. Oh no, that wasn't that. That was that was something oh, else. Oh, I thought um, that was one of them. Oh yeah, jo- Jones barbecue and foot massage. <laughs> it's an old classic meme from back in the day. Yeah. Um. No, the one I always I saw I'd seen them on Seth Meyers a while back, and they had mentioned that the one that always inspired them to do this. Yeah. Was a commercial that used to air all the time for the Detroit Optical Company, and the theme was like sexy specs. Yes, and it was so terrible. It was like all these white people dancing badly, just they're really excited about their glasses. Yeah, and like they did in the second episode, they did a parody of Sexy Specs, and it was like the bad idea that they're like again a Comedy Central show. So the plot is uh, they're supposed to buy a production van at a police auction. They don't. They buy a motorcycle instead, <laughs> and then they're much more concerned with riding the motorcycle around than doing than doing their jobs. <laughs> and so they let their security guard. Yeah. Uh, work this client that they don't want to deal with. Yeah. The security guards pitches before that were like, I don't even remember. It was something to do with Chris Brown <laughs> and he like had a baby and he threw a baby in the trash, but he saw the diapers and he was getting chased by the police. And he'd like, you just see like behind his legs and the diapers on the ground. You just see the piss flooding in to the diaper. And it's like diapers. They hold a man sized piss. <laughs> it's like, well, cool, Nate, but we don't have the diapers account. So, <laughs> and the next two were like Reebok. He did. <laughs> uh, um, I don't even know what it, it's just funny. I don't even know what it's about. And the third one was for butter. The tagline was also he did. And it was about a guy who kept sticking his dick in butter. Why? Why? <laughs> um, so they let him deal with it and he does the sexy specs commercial. And it becomes <laughs> right. like, and it's fucking note perfect. Like, wow. So. <laughs> uh, 
and it's filmed in Detroit, and like you know, the Ambassador Bridge is in it. Like it's just made me feel real homey, and that's I'm definitely nice. excited to get back to the rest of that. And only it only ran two seasons. Right. I don't know if that's all they wanted to do or if it got canceled, but shouts to Detroiters, definitely, definitely going to be keeping up on that. All right. All right. Katie Mac. We, so, we only got like an hour, so let's. The first thing is I gotta I gotta take my back brace off. Oh God. It's back. You can hear it. it's like, I feel like I'm taking my gun sling off from a 90. 19- oh, God. Oh, the lamp's Jesus. going. All right. Okay. I got it. There we go. All right. Excellent. Oh, okay. Now that that's off, I can get down to it. All the things I watched by Caitlin McKinnon. It's my book report. Um. So I, of course, saw the Star Wars movie. Yes. How do we feel about it? Um. I, I don't want to do that. It was great, but like, <sighs> I feel like that sigh says it all. It's like the sigh. I feel like the sigh says, "I get it, yeah. but calm down." Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's that, um, unfortunately, in the lost hot takes, I yes. said something, and I mean it. Is that only I and eleven-year-old uh, children are allowed to have Star Wars? Now. You can't have Star Wars you anymore. Can, you can't have it anymore. Just me. Maybe Senior Correspondent Chris. Because he gets it. Which is, they're movies about space wizards. And pu- and they have puppets in them. Wow. And it doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. Like, it, they're just, they're fun entertainment. That's all it's supposed to be. I think, I mean, obviously the problem is the whole fucking meta narrative surrounding it. And The oh. Last Jedi swinging so big. It just... And then the double back from that. Mention your other take from the Hot Takes episode, which I think was really your take. What was it? Yeah, see, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> I'm not don't do things for that. fans. Oh, yeah. Don't. That's also not allowed. And that's one of the reasons why I'm only allowed to have Star Wars now. Is because I am apparently the only fan who can calm the fuck down. Um, don't ever do things for fans. Ever. Uh, you made a really good mention, uh, which was Snakes on a Plane. That was done because of a fun thing on the internet. Oh, yeah. People love this. People are going to come see it. This is just leaving money on the table if you don't make a movie called Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. Um, and it was terrible. And it, it didn't do very well. Was terrible. But, yeah, don't make things for fans. Have fans. Have You can be a fan that makes something, but have your unified vision of what you want to do um, and do it. Because when you, you, know, you ship things off to one director to the other... Um, and it's supposed to be this, like, overarching narrative, there are going to be some problems. And if you're listening to fans, whether it's whether it's uh, fans who are shipping people or fans who are toxic, whatever it is, it's going to be a fucking mess. Mm-hmm. However, I had fun, and I enjoyed it, and things happened. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Oh, I like that. I laughed at that. Oh, that's a good little banter. I came away with things that I say now. Like, from the original trilogy. Like, sayings, like, things that are said between friends, as inside jokes. Because it's funny. It's entertaining. And everyone needs to calm down. I have not seen anything, but from what I have heard, um, if there's a supercut of the cast looking miserable on the press tour, yeah. <laughs> I really gotta see that. Oscar Isaac is apparently just, like, a basketball dunking on all these things. <laughs> apparently somebody from Collider was like, would you like to further explore this character in Disney Plus? And he was like, nope. Yeah, because people he are is, terrible. He is done. Yeah. I think they even, they met a couple weeks ago, they asked, like, 
would you guys want to like come back and do these characters? And they're all like, no, <laughs> because people are terrible. Why would I ever want that? Yeah. However, let's talk about good Star Wars. Mandalorian. Mando! Mando! I was, like, teaching correspondent Chris how to do it, and he kept on making the dough too long. He was like, Mando! Do. And I was like, no, it's Mando! Mando! Shouts to Chris Ryan. Um, so, last episode. Best episode. It's really fucking dope. Yeah. You got a jetpack versus a TIE fighter. I don't know what else you need in your life. And, uh, and you have some other stuff. So, pause there. Yeah. Because let me just frame it. Mm-hmm. We are two sides of the same coin here. Yeah. Or two sides of the coin of, we are both Mandalorian watchers. Yes. Both versions of it. Whereas yes. I, not deep lore, just watched it. Cool show. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to know any deep lore. Nope. Could see Giancarlo Esposito cut himself out of a TIE fighter and go like, that's cool. He's got a cool sword. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't know what the hell that thing was. I was just like, oh, it's like the one I had, it's like the one I had in Force, uh, Force Unleashed. Yeah. Black lightsaber. That's cool. Caitlin McKinnon probably saw that and went. I did. I did indeed. Because. It's the Darksaber. Which is what? The Darksaber was the weapon that was wielded by the founder of the Mandalorian. The first Mandalorian. The first Mandalorian. Who was also a Jedi. Or had, sorry, I, I actually don't know specifically if they were Jedi or they just, they wielded the force. Uh, basically, they were like the founder of the Mandalorians. And the Darksaber comes up in um, Clone Wars, the animated TV series, and in Rebels. Right. Um, so the last time we've seen it is in Rebels, and we know whose hands it lands in. So the wanting, there's also this like wanting to know what happened between that and this. Right. Uh, the Darksaber can only be basically, uh, like, given from a wielder or, like, one, basically. Like a trial by combat type yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah. So, did he just take it when they were, you know, murdering Mandalorians? Or was it a trial by combat? Or, yeah. So, there's a lot there that um, we're really excited to see. Also didn't know that the two speeder bike guys were Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally, which so, was delightful. I knew it was Jason Sudeikis. I could recognize that voice anywhere. anywhere. I don't know who that other guy is. Adam Pally, did you ever watch Happy Endings? No. He played... Well, <laughs> add that one to the list for later. Okay. For a future sitcom episode. Um, he was on Happy Endings. He played a very atypical gay guy on Happy Endings. Like, okay. just a slovenly, <laughs> sloppy bear of a gay guy. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and he's, uh, as seen from this, he's got good comic timing. Also, um, Sudeikis, you punched Baby Yoda. They both punched Baby Yoda. I never forgive you. Um, along with Bill Burr for dropping Baby Yoda. That's what he's going to be known for forever. <laughs> the, the fucker who dropped Baby Yoda. Um, yeah, that was actually a great way. It was very Taika Waititi. Like, it was, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but it, very, very good. Um, and also, uh, just give me a fucking show with those guys. Give me a show with those <laughs> speeder bike guys. Like. <laughs> I'm here for that. Uh, uh, and bringing up, up a like heated fight we had before the mics came on. Yeah. I give a special shout out to Ludwig Gorenson, who did the score for this. Great score. And I have known his work and followed his work from Community to mm-hmm. he did a lot of the music for Childish Gambino's early albums. Um, he did Black Panther. Like he's been he's been out there. Mm-hmm. He's, he's kicking the fuck up. And like that fucking ending theme hits. And I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. the, the, that fucking like tribal Spaghetti Western, like, 
And I had the temerity to suggest that that music is now more iconic to me than, like, the Star Wars theme. And, and you... Caitlin McKinnon was not having that. I need to do a podcast with somebody else. That's basically, <laughs> you need to go fuck yourself. Um, because, like, John, Listen, they... John Williams has done everything. Anything you think of, he's done it. You cannot tell me. Like, you were like, tell them what you said specifically. I don't remember what I said. You said, basically, <laughs> you you told John Williams you could fuck off. I did not tell John Williams you he could fuck off. You were like, goodbye, John Williams. Like, I may say he's done. That's it. Step left. You had your time. Good for you. Okay, take, fine. Take your black. He had his time, but he will be the greatest composer of movie and television forever. Forever? Forever. I could not see anyone surpassing him. He has done every major theme for every movie for like the last three decades. I will not take such disrespect to Hans Zimmer. Oh my god. Hans Zimmer did Inception, y'all. And... Bam! Ridiculous. Bam! <laughs> Stop, Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Um, Moving on. Let's move on. Mandalorian was dope. It's on Disney Plus. Watch it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, you don't need to know anything about Star Wars. Nope. Um, let's talk about a, th- a show with a theme that is terrible, but the show is fantastic. Ooh. Lost in Space. <laughs> what? The? I don't even know the theme to Lost in Space. It, but it, like the classic Lost in Space theme is fine. <laughs> But the intro to Lost in Space, the new one, is terrible. And I forgot how terrible it was until I watched the complete second season. Um, Thankfully, they give you that option to skip it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, like, the first episode, I was like, what is the theme? It's terrible. It's really, really bad. Um, Lost in Space second season was fantastic. Uh, If you don't like all these problems, if you didn't like The Martian and how every time you think he's okay, like, another problem comes up. That is basically Lost in Space. Mm. It's just, like, one, like, problem after another where they're going to die. And they have to figure out how to fix it using science, which well, is... That's why they're lost in space. And it is my jam. Um, the Expanse. Yeah. Uh, fourth season. Finished. Great. Uh, also all about problem solving. Uh, I wonder why I like these shows. Um, <laughs> it was great. Uh, it, it doesn't, it does some interesting things with the world, but this season was very much a setting up the next season. They're um, like on a planet, aren't they? Like, yeah. Which part of the books, um, they are on a planet and, but they're, you know, there's this, uh, big ring thing. Um, and people are wanting to go through, but the government's basically like, no one goes through because we don't know what's on the other side mm-hmm. of these other rings. Um, and basically people rush through, they get onto a planet, um, craziness ensues because, you know, alien planets. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely setting up the fifth season. Um, Is that how many they're doing? Or just question mark? Question mark. Um, like, basically, I think they're... I think there's like three, four more books. Yeah. So they could keep on going. Yeah, the books wanted. aren't done. Yet. No. They know everything they're going to do. But Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it is, it was a, a fun season. Um, all your favorites are there. Um, but yes, it, you could definitely see that they were, they're building to something, um, which I actually really like. Um, well, and I'm happy for you because this is one that was pulled out of the, the depths of yeah. cancellation. and Because it's really 
good. Like it, it that the world that they've created, and we've talked about it before, but it's it's very based in science, right? Like they don't have magical anti gravity yeah. that they never talk about. They have grab boots that are magnetic. Um, I said it, I said it before. If you're missing your Game of Thrones vibe, yeah. If you're like missing that energy, and don't care if it's sci fi or fantasy, fucking get on the Expanse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, The Witcher. Oh, you watched The Witcher. I did. I watched all of The Witcher. The Witcher was great. <laughs> there were tits everywhere. Tits. Like, like not boobs, but like titties. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. What's his name? Geralt. Yeah. Geralt be fucking. Okay, but I, I played one of those games. I fucked a succubus, y'all. Here's the problem. I don't. You know, I'm all for boobs, <laughs> but in ratio. Gotta get some dicks. To to penis and to lower male, lo, sorry, lower body male nudity. Mm. I want butts. I want penises. Oh, God, I hope my parents never listen to this show. They're like, <laughs> oh, God. Um, so I've talked about it before, and it there's this doesn't even approach it. Watchmen, great ratio. Oh, yeah. Super great ratio of dicks to boobs. Yeah. But this was ridiculous. This was, there were not, there was no, there was like... Geralt in the bathtub like a couple times. I well, didn't that's, see. That's mandatory. There was no butts. No butts. Easy to just throw some butts in there. And like, there's a wizard in the first episode who has like a garden full of women, not scantily clad, just like fully naked. What episode was that? First episode. Oh, cool. So in the back, uh, in the back, while um, like there, these Geralt and this wizard are having a conversation. There's just some ladies' nipples, like over there, and. Look, I understand you want to put some nudity in it, but make the nudity, like, go with the scene. You could have women who are scantily clad. Like, this was grotesque. And also, the one of the main characters, um, oh, she has a stupid name, Yennefer. Yes. Um, she's like, there's, there's some nudity with her that's, like, really, like, unnecessary. Not sex nudity. Just, like, she's basically in like crazy amounts of pain and just like her boobs are out. Mm. And I'm like, that doesn't happen. You know what else had the same problem? What? The two popes. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I was very excited for like a millisecond. I was like, oh, he's joking. He is joking. There's no Jonathan Bryce was like, woo. (laughs) Amazing. Um, So yeah. Yeah, Loki, I want to see the two popes real bad. (laughs) Um, Back to the Witcher though. Yeah. Um, I, so I've heard from some people that they were like, oh, you know, it's it's too magic-y. Take I saw was that, like, if this is your thing, mm-hmm. this is going to be your thing. And I love, like, the one thing I didn't like about Game of Thrones was, like, there's only magic sometimes. Mod- mod- modicum of magic. In a bit. And this is just, like, there's, like, a fucking werewolf. Or there is, like, a crazy, weird, gross monster. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, or, like, we've got lots of magic. And I'm like. Sure. Um, I've heard that there's a lot of info dump. I don't know if it's just because I'm used to that or I don't mind or I'm really good with lore, but I didn't find it was too bad. They like pop you in the world. I was like, I'll learn as I go along. Um, Man, The Witcher 2, it was like free for Xbox like last year. Yeah. Or a couple years ago. I was like, I heard good things about these games. I started playing it and I was like, oh, this is not like the combat. It's fun. But it was like, number one, oh, this is a PC game because it's like... Right. There are a million button combinations you want me to learn on this controller. And also, I was like, this has been going on for decades before I got here. Oh, yeah. Like, 
Well, there's books and there's movies, and they all have like they have some cross content, mm. and some are more elaborate in places than others. And anyways, so um, as a person who has not read any of the books or played any of the video games, and only has like I was like aware of them. I had a lot of fun watching this show. This is basically Henry Cavill plays some dude who's been trained to monster hunt, basically. Basically. But the, the like, side characters are fantastic. Mm. Um, and that was great. They got um, elves in this? I like the elves from the they, game. They do have elves in this. They don't, haven't shown up a ton, mm. but there are some characters that have shown up. Um, and uh, though they really need to, like, watch that nakedness, because it's, it's just, it's on the edge of, like gross fan service right like i'm fine with nakedness and sex scenes and do what you want to do but at least make it equal right don't make this seem like it's just men you're making this for so cavill didn't show his dong no and okay fine i guess <laughs> but like how about some butts right yeah anyways. best take i saw on the witcher was somebody replying on twitter to the story about cavill being so ripped he was like tearing the leather on his on his armor yeah it was like clearly you have never worn the way worn away the crotch of your track pants <laughs> before this is not that impressive <laughs> oh dear cavill what else um so scene correspondent chris and i uh heard about a scene in the third season of the crown and we were so excited to see it that what scene uh it was the scene with the president and princess margaret What's, I've seen that episode. What scene specifically? Oh, just where the limerick scene. Oh, right. Yeah. We were so delighted um, <laughs> that uh, we like kicked down the door of season two, which we hadn't watched. Watched all of season two. It's pretty good. And are like halfway through season three. So I watched all that content. Um, I, uh, housemates and, and myself and Chris uh, all watched the Star Trek shorts. So last year... Star Trek Discovery put out, um, like, four or five shorts. Um, And this year they've done the same. Um, It's it's nursing your... Some Star Trek methadone for you until you you get your real fix? Except they were... It was a real mixed bag. Yeah. Um, They were okay. There were, like, parts of the shorts that were great and parts that I was like, this is not good storytelling. Um, But some of them were fantastic. Uh, there was one about Tribbles, which are always a lot of fun, um, who the voice of Archer was in that episode. Nice. The, the short. Um, so that's going to tide me over for, you know, a little while at least. Um, and then, uh, also guess who else is, uh, now on Duolingo? Caitlin McKinnon. This kid right here. What are you learning on Duolingo? Uh, well, I saw an ad, it probably knows this because I am, you know, it's part of my heritage, but I saw an ad that recently, as of like late 2019, a Scottish Gaelic is on Duolingo now. Well. Which I am now learning and getting confused by, but learning slowly, surely. Pro tip, don't know how active the community is for Scottish Gaelic, but yeah, definitely uh, when you get your answer, hit the little comment button there. People will be breaking down some of the finer points of the grammar or whatnot. Because Duolingo does not really give you grammar. No. I just had somebody ask me recently what I was learning Japanese with. Mm -hmm. And I broke it all down. And I was like, really? I've probably learned the most from Duolingo. Mm -hmm. Um, Just from the repetition of going through it and getting a sound, getting the feel of the language and the sentence structure and things like that. 
but nothing of the mechanics. Right. Or like some of the subtleties where suddenly like maybe they're using a different word or a different particle than yeah. they used up to that point and you have to go into the comments and somebody will be like, why is this like this now? And somebody will hop in and it's like, well, when this type of formality or this yeah. type of thing, like you switch it to this because this refers to the object of this sentence or blah, blah, blah. Which I'm finding with there's um, a, like the letter A in front of sister, brother, grandfather, mo- mother, but not father, but that word starts with an A. Mm. So I'm wondering if that's why it is. Or for instance, there's um, a word va, um, which means good. Um, but Sometimes it's spelt one way and sometimes it's spelt the other way. Right. So I, I want to know about that. And um, thankfully, though, to uh, accompany my Duolingo adventures, um, my father, maybe like like a summer and a half ago um, or a year and a half ago, uh, uh, sent me, he found at a garage sale, a, like how to learn Gaelic, Scottish Gaelic, mm. um, and it came. It, it's amazing. It comes with like a, a tape. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna use this, but there's like books and stuff with it as well. Uh, so I can use that to try and like supplement some of that that understanding of why things are the way they are while I'm pronouncing them. Also, pronunciation in Gaelic is very difficult. It's a lot of guttural sounds. Um, so, oh yeah, I'm sure my accent in Japanese is terrible. Well, but like you don't have as many guttural. Like there's a lot of <laughs> sounds. Like there's a the word for friend is like quicked or something. I can't Good quite. Lord. I can't quite get it, and I'm like struggling with it. Um, but the other thing. Um, so I, I ventured into Duolingo like two years ago to try and like. Uh, up my French because I'm I'm pretty good at my French, but there's definitely stuff that I'm missing out on. They've really gamified Duolingo. Like I'm on a leaderboard right now. Oh yeah, and I do not want to mi- like miss a streak. Don't want to or... get. Oh, my streak is at like what is my streak at? They also tweaked it where before you didn't get your streak unless uh-huh. you like met your XP goal yeah. for the day. But now if you do like one lesson, it counts towards your streak. Oh okay. So my current two sixty three for oh, my streak. Ooh. And that's, I missed it. This is the new streak. I definitely had a streak of like a hundred days before this. Oh. So. Well, now they're like, so I've, I've earned all these. So, ling- so, yeah. Look at my fucking lingots up there in the oh corner. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> well, like lingots, you can only spe- spend on a couple things. Um, yes. Give me more outfits for the fucking owl. <laughs> seriously. Or like other benefits. Like you can open up some of the like premium things, which I'm not going to invest in yet, at least. Um, but I've got all these lingots. And I don't, basically, they're like jewel, they're jewels or gems. And I, streak freeze. That's your most important one. Yes. I always keep that on in case you miss a day. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, so they really, really gamified it. Like, they used to, when I used to do it, it just was the levels mm. and maybe some experience. But they don't have nearly what I had in the com- competition against other people. The Ravenclaw in me comes out and is like, I'm going to crush you. <laughs> I have to stay in this top 20 so I get to the next level. Um, but I'm enjoying it so far. Education, yo. Yeah. And finally, to round things out. Oh, my God. There's more. Yeah. I've also been reading. What have you been reading, Caitlin McKinnon? Um, so I a friend gave me this book and said, you know, I really enjoyed it when I read it. It was a while ago. Um, I think you're going to like it. And it's uh, Wild Magic by T- Tamara Pierce. And I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't stop reading it because I want to know what happens. 
but it's like a, in a series of four, and I'm not going to read the other three. It's YA, isn't it? Yeah, it's YA. Um, and some YA is fine. Like, I, I really like Garth Nick, so I like his YA. Um, this is really, like, it, it's really fast, like, comparatively to things like Game of Thrones, where they don't get out of a country for, like, three books. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They've, like, gone to two countries. Um, and, like, everything. She's just, like, the main character is, like, the Mary Sue-est, Sueyest of Mary Sues. Like, she's good at that's everything. A, that's she's a lot just... of YA, though, isn't it? Oh, I didn't realize it was so bad, I just wish fulfillment, right? It's... Oh, it's terrible. Um, but, like, there's some interesting things in the world. And, yeah. Anyway, so um, I'm not enjoying it. But if you've read it and you enjoy it, please let me know. Maybe... If you know other things I might like. Damn, son. So that's that's me right now. Beefy batch of content from Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah, I don't think I've had a break where I've consumed quite this much. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it because a lot of the times I was sipping tea and was like bundled in basically a burrito of blankets. Um, Occasionally, I was also folding laundry. So I'm trying to learn how to do that a little bit better because I have a problem where I'll start and just hold a shirt for half an hour as I stare at the <laughs> screen and be like, damn it. Still haven't folded it. Yeah. Oh, right. And the only other thing I did was the snow came to San Andreas again, which is another thing that makes me uh, feel festive. Oh, that's very nice. When, when Grand Theft Auto looks like Skyrim. It's amazing. For like a week in December. Hey, something has to look like, like it's the holidays because definitely doesn't in Ontario. The Farmer's Almanac was wrong, y'all. Well, what did the farmer... I have to go back. What did the farmer's almanac, almanac say? Girl, I don't know. I just saw the headline and tagged you in it so I could glow. Well, because I think it may have said that it was going to be warmer, but there's going to be more snow, and there are two snow fronts coming in this this uh, like weekend. Okay, settle down, dogs. <laughs> the fact that it's taken this long for feral dogs to just war- <laughs> wander Parkdale is like... There's so many, like, like injured pigeons. <laughs> They'd be so well-fed. Amazed, amazed it took this long. Well, we're going to go let Cujo settle down for a bit <laughs> when we come back. I love how we both just stopped to listen, like, impressed at how loud that dog is. And when we come back, Caitlin and I are going to talk about the things we brought each other. Yeah, we haven't done that in so long. Synergy, y'all. Synergy. Super synergist. <laughs> we'll get into that when we come back from this break. is the half of the show where we talk about things we brought each other. That dog is still so excited about it. So excited. We hope you are too. And I will try and talk over it as much as possible. <laughs> this is almost like the good old days when we were in that library for the first two episodes <laughs> and there was a bird and an angry lady. Um, but not quite. Uh, before though, we talk about the things we brought each other, we have some rules. Always rules. Yeah. The first rule is the rule of three, which is that if the thing comes in parts, like a TV show or a book or a series of some sort we will read watch consume the first three of those parts so the thing has a chance to become the thing it is trying to become yeah half applicable half applicable the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod which is the rule that we will not talk about the things we have given each other until we are sitting in front of these microphones if you like stale takes that's your business just read the mary zoo i'm not here to Did not even see that coming. Uh, 
But if you want fresh takes, you come to your girl. You come to your boy. Because we make sure we don't talk about anything. Anything. Until we're in front of these microphones. I mean, occasionally. Occasionally. occasionally one of us. If you're Southland Tales. Occasionally. Yeah, we will say something to each other. But by and large... As Jordan sometimes points out, we don't even know if we've watched the thing we've given each other. I want to make sure Caitlin's viewing doesn't go from the first to last episode <laughs> unexpectedly. Then he has to say something. Yes. Uh, but nothing about how we felt about the show or movie or thing that we are reading. Nope. None of that. Uh, the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Do and you care? It, you shouldn't care because both of the things are at least... 19 years old. Yeah. At least. <laughs> yes. Um, and first, we're going to start with the thing Jordan brought me. So, we're talking about my thing first, although my thing came second in the organization because Caitlin was like, you're going to watch Atlantis. Yeah. And I was like, cool. I remember a thing about Atlantis. <laughs> you're going to watch this thing. Yeah. Because when Atlantis came out, all the weebs went, fucking Disney at it again. Yep. So, the thing Caitlin got was Nadia, the secret of blue water. Mm-hmm. So Nadia, the secret of blue water, or Fushigi no Umi no Nadia, literally, Nadia of the Mysterious Seas. The Japanese animated television series inspired by the works of Jules Verne, particularly 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and the exploits of Captain Nemo. The series was created by the NHK, which is the national broadcaster mm -hmm. of Japan. Uh, was originally kind of had its start mm -hmm. as a concept from Miyazaki when he was still oh. working in the studio system. He pitched a concept that was like around the world in 80, 80 days by sea, which was going to be like a blending of Jules Verne stories. Right. Um, he didn't end up doing it, but Toho or the NHK or somebody kept the rights. And Gynax, hello again, Gynax. ended up getting the rights. And Hideaki Anno, hello again. Hello again. Ended up directing the show. Oh, there we are. So, set in an alternate universe, 1889, the series centers on Nadia, a 14-year-old girl of unknown origins, and Jean, a young, warm-hearted French inventor. Early in the story, the two protagonists are chased by the Grandest Granva, or the Grandest Gang, which is Grandest Granva, Sanson, and Hanson, a group of jewel thieves who pursue Nadia for the jeweled pendant she possesses. After being rescued by Captain Nemo and his submarine, the Nautilus, the jewel thieves and the young protagonists join forces and participate in the struggle of the Neo-Atlantean forces who seek to dominate the world. Caitlin would have got none of that second half no. from what she watched mm -mm. if she only watched the first three episodes. Probably should have made her watch the fourth because then at least you got a little sense of the larger world. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. This is basically a kid show. Yeah. Basically. It does deal with some more um, mature-ish themes mm -hmm. later on. When the actual villain comes in, whose name is Gargoyle, and always walks around with like a pointed hood and like a marionette mask, very, very, very throwback '60s anime concept. Yep, double-breasted suit with a with a hood thing, very giant Robo, very big fire. Amazing. So I'm sorry, did you say this was from the '60s? No, this. Oh, oh. no, the show's from the '90s. I was gonna say I didn't. It didn't feel like the, it was that old. The '70s. Miyazaki's first concept was from the '70s. Okay. Yeah, Miyazaki was hired by the studio Toho to develop a television series. Um, it was never produced, but Toho retained the rights for the story outline. Um, and Miyazaki reused elements from his concept and later projects like Future Boy Conan and Castle in the Sky. Mm -hmm. Which, when you see a girl falling with a blue pendant yeah. that saves her from trouble, you'll be like, hey. Hey, I know that. So we're kind of talking about them at the same time because Atlantis took some shit. 
even though <laughs> when it came out from yeah. from the anime fans because it's like oh a dark skinned girl from Atlantis with a blue jewel yeah set in the eighteen hundreds kind kind of um the film set in nineteen even though it was America v, America v Europe submarines giant jewels yep. that she doesn't know what they do type of thing. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of similar, actually the anime news network had a, at the time of Atlantis's release had a, like a side by side breakdown of like, even like the makeup of the crew of right. the Nautilus and oh. Nadia V. Oh, see, cause that's what I would have liked to, to know more about, but the first officer is a blonde. The doctor is a black man. <laughs> ah, okay. Cause all right. We'll, we'll get to Atlantis and its own merits. Yeah. In a bit. Okay. But there were similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the similarities aren't the point of whether or not Caitlin liked it. I right. was more like, I did. This was a really impossible show to find back in the day. Right. Um, because no one in their right mind thought it would ever be released. Because mm-hmm. why? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a giant robot. It wasn't, it wasn't it anything wasn't, like that. It, it, was, it was about a... It wasn't Magical Girl? No. It was a black girl with a baby lion who's a vegetarian. Yeah. Who was kind of a pain in the ass for a lot of the show. And his fucking bitch. <laughs> yes. Um, had some notoriously bad filler episodes mm-hmm. in the middle. The infamous <laughs> island episodes, which were like animated in Korea. So they're like, <laughs> they don't look as good. And I don't, I don't, I tried to look up why this happened. I just right. even remember. This goes back to me, like with my Right Stuff International print catalog. And they just had like recommendations in mm-hmm. it. And I was like reading synopses. It was like, this is by the guy who did Evangelion. And at the time it was like, find it if you can, because we don't have it. And it's probably never going to come out. Mm-hmm. So I had fan subs of this oh back God. in the day from one of those like, you know, Lyco search engines. <laughs> send them a money order for like $15 with a return address. And they'll send you like a VHS tape with some episodes dubbed onto it. <laughs> Shit was wild, y'all. <laughs> Uh, the Wild West of anime. <laughs> it's a good time. So that's what I had. And then I remember it being a huge thing when like AD Vision, which at the time was one of the like, you know, the crunchy roll of its day. It was the biggest anime producer, home video producer at the time, decided they were going to start this diehard line, you know, ADV Black Line. They were calling it ADV Fan Subs. Right. And just subtitled, no dubs, no nothing about that. Mm-hmm. Like, for the fans. Yep. Uh- <laughs> um. And Nadia was the first show they did. They put out all of Nadia, which was like amazing. Amazing. Even now, doesn't exist. There is a Blu-ray you can buy from Sentai, and like High Dive has it for streaming, which I think is European, right? Um, but not for free. Like I found a YouTube rip, yes, for Caitlin, which was just the dub, which is unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. <laughs> I will tell you how unfortunate in a moment. Tell us now, Kate. Okay. Um, if I have to listen to someone say this for the rest of... Are you saying the French accents <laughs> spoken in English are... Terrible. <laughs> Quel terrible. <laughs> they are bibliothèque. You didn't have to. You, he could be French without the accent. <laughs> so bad. But... And all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real bad accent. Oh, bad and all over the place. And Nadia doesn't have an accent. She just sounds like an American. Yep. So if I had to figure out which country she came from, I would have been like, let's go to America. Because <clears throat> that's your accent. But um, I'm black, so let's go to Africa. Yeah. Um. So I did not like it. <laughs> um. It was really boring. And I, I mean, I see part of me is like, it's got to, this must be the 
um, oh, what's the show you gave me like in the first year? She's hit me, oh. And it, you're like, this was like a precursor to Sailor Moon or came right after it or... Utena? Utena. And remember, I was like, I watched the the dub and right. it was the worst thing ever. Yeah. It's got to be part of the same situation where it's just so egregious because it is a terrible dub. Like, it was a just, real bad dub. Like, the... the like the what they're talking about like doesn't make any sense and and their plot points that I'm sure that I'm missing and just the accents are terrible and yeah there's just so much that is awful and meanwhile like you get to episode four mm-hmm. which I watched I was like I just wanted to see like if she had gone one more episode would she have gotten yeah any bit and the Nautilus shows up they get rescued by the Nautilus there's like some Tense hunt for Red October, like submarine combat yeah. moment type thing, where you're like, "Who is this?" They mention Gargoyle, right. but you don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. This weird, like red and black striped submarine goes by, and they're like complete silent mode. But Jean's climbing around because he loves technology. He wants to see the sub, and they kept him locked up. And it's like, you know, maintain silence. And he's like fucking in a vent, banging on something. <laughs> and it's like, God. the kids are really terrible. <laughs> oh my God, Jean needs to just calm down. Take your Ritalin. They both um, need to calm and down. And she's a huge bitch. She's like, I guess you're not, every three seconds, it's, I guess you're not really a genius because your machine's broken down again. Like, thanks, Nadia. And maybe you want to help a little bit more? The sea monster's coming to kill us. No, don't hurt it. Yeah. Like, what? What? Anyways. So that I didn't enjoy. <laughs> I wanted to see more of his uncle. His uncle seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> oh, his aunt's a bitch, though. Um, aunt was a bitch. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to see the crew. Now, I did notice some similarities, even just like in the intro, Mm. like they give you clips and I was like, oh, (laughs) that's very reminiscent. (laughs) Like just the, some of the architecture and they use like this tribal sort of pattern, um, in Atlantis, the movie and in Nadia that it was very similar. Um, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I was going to say something about how. One of the things that makes Atlantis is the is the crew, the characters, um, and this doesn't have that. But of course, I didn't get there, so right. maybe it does have that. I just don't know. There is apparently, and I may be able to find it online because I think I saw it um, years ago. Anno apparently went back and like Snyder cut this thing. Okay, it's really <laughs> he, like because he, he. I don't. I don't remember what happened with with these fucking island episodes. We already talked about just how terrible they are. Right. And just how they just derail the plot. Because I think it also ends on like, I think the problem is it ended at such a good point. Like right. it ended at like the Empire Strikes Back moment. Imagine if like after the Empire Strikes Back, it was just like four hours of. Island episodes? Yeah. Of just like <laughs> hanging out in an island. And he like recut it, got rid of a lot, all that stuff, mm-hmm. really sped up the pace a little bit. Um, and I think that might be floating around on YouTube as well. Uh, that said though, to my mind, even in this rewatch, yeah. I was immediately delighted by having Grandis Granville return to my life. No no love for Grandis? What? The jewel thief. Oh. And her you, gang and her little I'm sorry, you mean Team Rocket. <laughs> How dare you? It's Team Rocket. Well, it's before Team Rocket too, so kiss my ass. <laughs> it's j ju- but yeah, but it's the precursor to Team Rocket. It's the two it's the the her and the other guy who thinks that he's also very good looking. And then the inventor who's, who, what's, his, what's the cat's name? Team Rocket? <laughs> Meow. Meowth. Meowth. He's Meowth. <laughs> and that's Team Rocket. Wow. Yeah. 
That's all there is. You like Team Rocket? No, I thought they were stupid and I hated them. I can hate you. <laughs> wow. I don't usually get hate back from things. I'm trashing. No, I didn't enjoy it at all. There was no part of it that I enjoyed. I didn't like the animation. Uh, really the... thought it, I, mean, I mean, being used to like a grainy fan from the <laughs> yeah. 90s, I was like, it's so clear. <laughs> Um, Look how good this looks for the 90s. That's why, like, when you said, you mentioned 60s, I was like, was this from the 60s? Because this is incredible. Uh, no, from the 90s, it was terrible. Uh, it actually can, kind of reminds me of the, qual- of the quality of the Hello Kitty, like, <laughs> anime. Yeah. Anyone knows what I'm talking about? Uh, and Kuropi, I think, was another one. Kuropi's the fucking man. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't like the animation. This story, for the first three episodes at least, was very boring. Um, the characters were... You just wanted to punch all of them. Um, the stupid lion. <laughs> you hate on King, too? Yeah. It was annoying. And I was like, it wants to go back to Africa. Then it should... Um, anyways, and also, I, she's like, I don't eat meat, I don't like cruelty to animals. Meanwhile, she's stolen a lion cub away from its family. You don't know where he came from. And won't give it back, and is raising it as her pet. Terrible. He's chill. Anyways, unfortunately, I did not enjoy it. I'm sorry. Well, fine. Though I, I can say, just from the, like, like, the bits and pieces, the characters, the intro, even, there is some... A very, there are very obvious similarities between this and Atlantis, mm. the Lost Empire. I don't even want a rating, but I guess it's a, I guess it's imperative that I get one. It's like a four. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. Damn, son. If you have a kid, they may like this. They may like it. Yeah. But I didn't. It's terrible. So let's move on to the Americanized remake. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, I'm going to throw some stuff at you. You're not going to care about it. <laughs> and then we're going to get into it. Atlantis, The Lost Empire, is a 2001 American animated science fiction action adventure film created by Walt Disney Feature Animation. Um, it is written by some people and directed by some other people. No, really blah, 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 blah. Uh, the film features an ensemble cast with the voices of, most of these you won't care about, but some of them you will, Michael J. Fox, Cree Summer, James Garner, Leonard Nimoy, Don Novello, Phil Morris, Claudia Christian, Jacqueline Obradors, Jim Varney in his final role, Lawrence <laughs> Stanley, John Mahoney, David Ogden Steers, and Corey Burton. Uh, set in uh, 1914, the film tells the story of a young man who gains possession of a sacred book, which he believes will guide him and the crew of mercenaries to the lost city of Atlantis. Do I need to go into the plot? No. Um, all right. Uh, That's basically it. Uh, yeah. Like, you, the, the film opens up with sort of the sinking of Atlantis. Yes. Um, not just a massive tidal wave. Uh, the There's a cute tiny girl, and her mother gets, like, beamed up to this big crystal, and you're not really sure what happens, and that's sort of all you know. Um, a bunch of Atlanteans get caught on the other side. And possibly drowned to death. Um, and then you get introduced to Milo, who bears a striking resemblance to Jean. Um, yeah, Jean. There's actually shots of, I should check that, there's shots of adult Jean by the end of the show. Oh, really? So, yes. Oh. Nadia is widely recognized as having one of the best epilogues and endings of 
Oh, that's cool. Aside from the 17-year-old who marries a 40-year-old, but... Anime. What? You know in the opening credits where there's like a little girl? Yeah. I don't remember how she shows up, but by the end of the episode, uh, or like this han- handsome jewel thief marries her. Ugh. Yeah. That is not okay. That's also the old lady who narrates. Oh. Is the kid. Oh. So much I know now. <laughs> Anyways, Anyways, um, back to it. Yes. So, uh, you meet Milo. He uh, works the boiler room at the like institute for archaeology or stuff. something. Yeah, <laughs> he's a linguist. He thinks he can find Atlantis. Um, you don't know what happened to his uncle, but obviously he's... grandfather. Is it grandfather? Yeah, that was his uncle. It was his grandfather. Oh. That's so weird. <laughs> Anyways, okay, I thought it was uncle, but his grandfather, who adopted him because his parents had died. Yeah. Because everyone in Disney has to lose at least one or both parents. Dead parents. <laughs> um, it's a problem. Um, and uh, goes, basically, there's an old friend of his grandfather's, um, says, hey, he made me promise to give you this book when you were ready. Um, and... Here it is, and I've already put a crew together, and we'll give you lots of money and a ship, and you will find Atlantis. Go find it. I promised him if he could convince me that it, it might exist, I would do this for him. And he does, and we get to meet the crew of uh, fun, fun characters. Do you have a favorite character, Jordan? What was her name, Angie? Angie. The mechanic? Yeah. Yeah, I dug her. Yeah, she's pretty cool. No, I dug Kida because Kida's mad thick, y'all. <laughs> And, yep, there it is. Uh, I didn't draw her that way. The doctor was the best. I didn't like his vo- I didn't like the voice actor. What? It's the same as the Green Lantern. It's the guy from Mad TV. Okay. Okay, anyways. Um, and they find Atlantis, and some loopholes later, uh, only Milo can read <laughs> Atlantean, and they literally, this is... I'm going to talk about this in a second. This movie suffers from three things that no movie should suffer from, Mm. uh, which is, I'll talk about in a second, but anyway, so only Milo can read Atlantean, so only he can work their technology, and and Kido wants to know, like, basically their people are dying, the world is falling apart, she wants help, and there are these other people who are mercenaries who were part of the crew who basically just want to steal... The gem slash Kida. Okay, pause there, though, for a minute. Okay. Did old man send Milo on the trip knowing that the entire crew were mercenaries and were going to steal the thing? I don't think he did. All right. I don't know. They, I don't were, know. Work, they were working out their uh, story at the end of the movie. There there were some loopholes, <laughs> which we will talk about. Um, and basically, they, they end up... He, Milo amazingly ends up saving the day with the crew... The good guys who have turned on the other mercenaries, um, and uh, they leave with a bunch of uh, treasure. And Milo stays to because he's in love with Gita and wants to help her rebuild the to world. Wax that sweet Atlantean ass. Something along those lines. So yeah, so Jordan, what did you think? And then I will get into what I think and why <laughs> this movie, what it suffers from, and why it shouldn't. Hey Kate, yeah, what's pacing? What? You don't need pacing when you're trying to fit an entire series into a movie. You want to talk about something? You know, I hate things. You know, I never say things should be longer, but yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. And and cursory reading I did for this 
mainly about the Naughty Atlantis connection. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the things I saw was that like this was a PG Disney movie. Yeah. Because there was death. There was people a died. lot of it. So people much died because that that great submarine they had yeah. lasted for about seven minutes. Seven minutes. <laughs> Literally like seven We're going minutes. down to a trench. Oh, hey, look. There's a giant thing that's going to destroy the entire ship. Yeah. From our crew of 2,000, we are all that is left. Well, thanks for coming out, red shirts. <laughs> yep. There's a whole, we, whole whole tank of them. We got to push this to PG because the children are going to be so upset for faceless sailor number 12 who got blowed up in the, in the deep sea. And the lady with the microphone at the front. Not that one. Not, <laughs> the, old, not the old one. There was another there one? There was a lady communications officer near oh. the front and never see her again. <laughs> Bye. Carol. Um, I'm just going to name her Carol. When the movie slowed down near the end, like I actually thought the end, yeah. the last battle where they like, mm-hmm. everybody gets on their little flying fish things and like goes to fight James Garner and <laughs> and save uh, save Crystal Girl. Um, yeah. Because she becomes one with the heart of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole scene, the whole action, the dog fights, all that, I thought that was, you know, really well done. Yeah. Um, but just, it is like pedal to the gas for the first, it's a 90 minute movie and it's like pedal to the gas for the first 65 of those. Is some one of the things I wanted to talk about. Um, okay. I'll just go through them. That's my basic take. Basic take is I liked it, but holy shit, you got some pacing issues and left with the like, did old man send him on this trip? Knowing okay. his entire crew was made a criminal. So these are the things that are the problems slash should not be problems. One is pacing. Um, just make it a little bit longer. And like, I'm not a film person, so it takes a lot for me to even notice shit like this. Yeah. Just make it a little bit longer. Like, oh my God, so much is happening. Yeah. Um, just a smidge. Just a tiny... Just a smidge. Give, yeah, us, a smidge. A little, give us a little more character development on the, on the, mm-hmm. on the ship. Mm-hmm. Got this cool um, ass submarine. We never even see it. Yeah, and also you couldn't have done. You could have done something else with the crew besides murder them all, <laughs> like easily. Like it could have been a cool chase scene through the trench, like right. Um, second thing, um, I get really furious when movies and TV shows don't just write a couple throwaway lines that right. fixes everything. Right. You could make something at the end where the grandfather was like, I I had no idea that, you know, there was this, you know, mercy, he was a mercenary or, you know, he was going to betray me. Uh, you could have said something when Ikea was like, oh, none of us somehow know how to read Atlantean. <laughs> Be like, oh, the magic, like, we, we could, like, because of the magic wearing off, we no longer know how right. to speak it. Nobody tried to put their hand on it and then move the crystal around nobody um in eight eight thousand years nobody tried that you could have made it just like slightly more like you had to say something or there was something on the bike like anyways all of that that infuriates me just could write throw away a couple throwaway lines instead of having the mole being fucking weird you could have just that's a real bad character real bad you could have just thrown the throw those lines out there um, third thing is, can we say like white savior complex? Oh my God. Yeah. But at least it did like, so I'm watching this and at one point I just started getting this like, y'all are just showing up. Like you're just going to like barge in. They're like drilling into this. I was like, yeah. we really just always used to do that all the time. Right. Just yeah. go somewhere and take shit. But like, 
at least mercenary, at least James Garner said something at one point where he's like, if we gave back everything we took, yeah. you know, museums would just be empty buildings. Yeah. I'm like, you tried. <laughs> Bart, throw cake in trash, you tried, Jeff. <laughs> like, Yep. But, like, just even Milo coming to, like, save the Atlanteans. You are the only one, Milo. Super powerful beings. Like, that to me is just, that never needs to be done, right? Um, So, yeah. But other than that, I think the characters are delightful and it's a fun movie. And it's really, I don't think that, like, I don't think this movie gets enough credit. At least at the time. Like now, maybe in comparison to other things, but... I was struck by crew diversity, even down to the, like, doctor talking about his, like, history. Yeah. His mom was, you know, his father was, like, a buffalo soldier and, like, Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, married a native woman and he's, like, Mm -hmm. you know, got that strain of, you know... Uh, medicine in him as well and talk about good good french accents (laughs) (laughs) i like the explosives guy um yeah it's just yeah the crew like that's something that disney definitely does well is is characters Mm. um and and crews and stuff um even now the one thing again there's also this so they're the the blonde second in command shows up at milo's house for some reason with a dress where the shoulder like Never. Yeah, she's like a total badass for like ninety percent of the movie, but when she shows up to Milo's house, she's Kim Basinger. Like, but she's femme for fatale. no reason. There's no like sh- he's not seduced, and she is not trying s- to <laughs> seduce him. It's just this weird moment. They could have just had her in the same badass outfit, um, and then again later on, she has a tank top, and like, like is there something wrong with her shoulder? Like the tank top like can't <laughs> stay up on the shoulder. Anyways, I don't know what's going on there. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's, it's a fun film. I think it was definitely, um, definitely not given its credit when it was it came an interesting out. play. I don't know what, what the story was with the runtime. Maybe that's all they could get because it's di- a possibility. But besides that, I mean, you said you, you enjoyed it. The second half was really good. Yeah. Once mm-hmm. the movie took a minute to fucking breathe when they get to Atlantis, like. Yeah. They didn't have to do all those scenes of them, like, walking They places. get trapped in a hole. We don't need, like, one problem too many on the way to Atlantis, like, right. that they felt they need to get through. Um, but, yeah, once it, once they got there and it took time to breathe, aside from the white complex, the white savior complex business. Yeah. Um, it was actually pretty pretty enjoyable i liked all the i like the battle scene at the end i like mm-hmm. the fight scene on the balloon and whatnot like yeah that was all that was all really dope and well done um so i mean for me it's like a six and a half seven like okay yeah i'll take it i mean i never think you're gonna give it a disney movie like an amazing oh, score no no um especially when we watch frozen um mm. <laughs> which we will do is there a fucking month that starts with d yeah <laughs> Gonna brand something else? No, no, mm. we can't do Disney December because <laughs> it's already Christmas time. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that's on your Disney Plus. Yeah, and and take a look because it's a fun film. Don't show your young children though, because so many people die. And well, are they gonna care? They're not gonna. They don't even have time to get attached to them. <laughs> um, and as said by a coworker when I mentioned that this is what I had to watch this week. Yeah. To his mind, it's like, this is the shit Disney should be remaking. Like, right. Oh, yeah. Don't fucking remake The Lion King. Oh, like, my 
remake Atlantis. Like, isn't that such a good idea? You know what, Jordan? We're stealing it and putting it on the board. Board. Disney, come to us. We have great ideas, or we know people who have great <laughs> ideas, and we're going to steal them and make lots of money. Yep. Give us money, Disney. Yeah. Just give us money. What's what? that saying? Like, good artists. Um, good. Uh, good artists. Great art. That's a great artist steal. Yeah. Good artists. Something. Great artists steal. We are great. Great artists. Yeah. Well, friends. It is that time. It is that time. So we are going to get out of here. Thank you for joining us as you do every week. If you want to get at us on any of the socials at Geek Down Plaid, primarily Twitter. Or you can get us on Facebook, sure, whatever. Or email us. Um, how are we looking? You got you got a good lineup of, of content to give me for the, for the next so. little while? I All think right. so. I, I think it's going to be a return to um, the Geek Down Book Club. Oh, we haven't had a book club in a while. Or the Comic Club. Yeah. Or comic club, yeah. We have to have to get into that. Well, friends, I'm as excited as you are to find out what the what 2020 is going to hold. Yeah. For the Geek Down podcast, because we still here, still here, still here. Geek Down going to forever. <laughs> forever, we have like a baby like suckling on me, and we're still going to be making this show. It's just going to it's going to bring. I may have to go to Hamilton a couple times once she has a baby. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. She's going to be hanging out with the baby. People are like, shouldn't you be spending time with your children? I'm like, I have a show to do. He's on. He's in a Bjorn on my back. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's asleep. <laughs> Friends, thank you so much for joining us as you do every week. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we hope you will join us next week for another fabulous episode of the Again Podcast. The boobs, I don't know what their problem is. What is your problem, boobs? What is your problem? Could you have not just like boinged out when my butt did? No. I keep on hoping. Maybe my I can only put one tag in, all right? You have to do the food one. No, I'm doing why can my boobs not boing like my butt did? (laughs) Why do I say these things? Hope you all enjoy it.